So yeah, he unleashes the storm of vengeance upon the farewell. And then just okay bust, before, bust before, a load right on Optimus's face. So anyone watching, if, it's 1926, if you want to go to Tubi and watch Beast Wars, Tubi TV. He is holding his gun between his legs. Before I said it was the camera angle, <laughs> he is... Okay, how did... They did that on purpose. You don't aim a gun by... It, he's holding it between like his legs. swaying it around, like... It is right between his... Fucking... Yeah, it's like there. half turgid... <laughs> Okay, you were right. I thought it was like the camera. Okay, I'm I'm with you on this one. So yeah, he he blows his load right in uh, Optimus Prime's face and uh, knocks his block off. Alert! Quantum surge detected. Vector five nine seven. Transformers, robotic life forms born far across the galaxy on the planet Cybertron. Two groups of their forces crashed on an unknown planet. A quantum surge then changed the Beast Warriors into Transmetals, who are joined by new comrades. Now, the Beast Wars rage on! Too much energy. Greetings, Praetorians and Maximilians. Welcome to another episode of Too Much Energon, a Lasercomb production, the podcast where two 90s kids talk about the animated TV series Beast Wars, also known in Canada as Beasties. I am one Beasties. of your hosts. Beasties! I am one of your hosts, NeoCal, and I am joined by the infamous Christopher Siege. How are I you, sir? It. I did enjoy that video game back in the day, infamous <laughs> on PlayStation 3. Wow, PS3. We're on 5 yeah. now, or 7, I don't know. <laughs> PlayStation 9, with nanotube technology. <laughs> nanotube technology. So, it's it's still a DualShock controller? It just <laughs> connects to you like Borg. <laughs> like the, the Borg, uh, like little, little wires. Yeah, you just have like straight up like PlayStation 1 and... <laughs> PS1 slash PS2 like controller ports in you and you just plug it in. Like the yeah, like the plugs in for to go jack yourself into the matrix. Yeah. And then Psycho Mantis is like uh <laughs> I see is, you like playing Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> I see you've played Castlevania and <laughs> masturbated to it. Oh god. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh. uh, tonight on this Castlevania podcast, we are <laughs> reviewing episode 13, season 2 of Beast Wars, The Agenda, part 3, which is also the finale of season 2. Yep. And uh, boy, is it a finale. I... There is a lot to unpack here. There is so much to unpack here that I'm actually kind of glad that it's getting its own episode of the podcast. Yeah, it, it, it needs it. It deserves it. Damn it. Yeah. When did this originally air? It aired uh, March 13th, 1998. So we're just a few years late on covering this one. A little bit. Just, just, a, just a little. Just a tad. You know. Yeah. Better better late than never. 24 years hence. Cheers. <laughs> no time at all when you're sleeping inside of the Ark. No. 
I four million years, you know. Yeah. Four million years, give or take. Couple yeah. ten, couple dozen thousand. Yeah, when it gets to yeah. that point, it doesn't even really matter anymore. No. Four million and two years. Cheers. Yeah. So, it, do you remember where we left off? Uh, we left off with... I think it was Ravage ended up seeing Megatron's, like, grand scheme and, like, joining his side. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So, at the the end of the agenda part two, uh, Ravage was all like Decepticons forever and then transformed the <laughs> new cassette tape. And apparently hit the, uh, the, the Klingon bird of prey has a cassette deck in it for some reason, even though this is like three, four million and 300 years in the future. <laughs> uh, cassettes are still a thing apparently at that point. Um, and then, uh, Oh, yeah, the, the episode yeah. ends with uh, Megatron standing on the nose of the Klingon bird of prey and Optimus, like, comically, like, screaming into the camera, what? which is the show art for <laughs> these episodes. The Why is he on the ship? It's badass, don't get me wrong, but shouldn't he be in it? Oh, uh, he uh... can fly, so I guess... He can Whatever. fly. Dr- dramatic. And... He has a flair for the dramatic. Yes, he's very theatrical. He also has his dick laser, which I guess can add more firepower. You can't let that go, can you? You hate that. <laughs> I don't like it at all. I can't wait until he gets another form. Well, Cheetor can't even use a gun. He has to like put his paws together and shoot like cat energy beams. And he has like an axe that he used exactly one time. <laughs> well, maybe his uh, his time to shine is still to come. We can we can only hope. Mm-hmm. So uh, the episode opens uh, exactly where the last episode left off with. Um... Wow. Okay, so I just uh, did a quick freeze frame. So Megatron is on top of the. Uh... The, the Klingon bird of prey. But he's except, flying. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I wasn't sure, like, okay, so for a split second there, I wasn't sure if he was actually flying or if it was some weird animation error because like neither would, because neither would surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> You're very good at noticing those little things. Like the time, yeah. like, Black Arachnia didn't have a neck. Yep. <laughs> Although so the, in, ba- back in what was it, Beast Wars Part Two, you noticed like the weird like mayhem that was like the the back of Optimus's body as they were walking <laughs> away from the camera, and his, his legs body, weren't moving, and it was his like legs were just like doing like like the stretched out, and they were just like <laughs> going straight through the the earth, like clip not yeah. clipping. Yeah, yeah, that was the weirdest one by far. I was reading uh, an interview with Bob Forward, one of the showrunners of uh, uh, this show, and indeed the the writer of this episode. Um, apparently, like, 
when they actually started making the early episodes of Beast Wars, they hadn't actually finished creating all of their assets yet. So that's why things like that were so commonplace early early on. And why Makes like sense. the backgrounds <clears throat> and the environments were just so plain and barren. Yeah, it makes sense too. And also there's budgeting and there's like um deadlines and stuff like that, right? Yeah. I mean they were coming off of that sweet, sweet reboot like starter pack. <laughs> but er- everything for Beast Wars is so different yeah. that it was uncharted territory. Well, and it seems like they develop I like I I don't know for sure, but it seems like they developed new tech for Beast Wars and then ended up carrying that over to reboot to season th- three of three reboot. of yeah. reboot. Yeah, because like um, reboot uh, for anyone listening, Mainframe Entertainment did both reboot and Beast Wars, um, yeah. and War Planets, uh, Shadow Raiders in Canada. Um, and you could see like reboot. Oh wow! Like this looks great. And then Beast Wars came out, and you're like, "Oh, this looks better." And then like season three of reboot comes out, and you're like, "This looks even better, better." And then you watch it? Shadow Raiders, and you're like, "Wow." <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this is a thing. <laughs> yeah. And then you watch their Spider-Man cartoon and think, like, what were they thinking? I that's something I relearn and forget like every couple of years. I'm like, right, like Kelly when he was on the show. Yeah. Uh, it was Kelly or Candace mentioned the Spider-Man. Kelly, yeah. yeah. And I was like, I always forget that even exists. I'll yeah, probably actually, forget again soon. So you see the animation in the uh the mainframe Spider-Man cartoon from like 2003 and you're like, "Oh, someone really liked Jet Set Radio." As somebody who really liked Jet Set Radio, I I understand. <laughs> I think Neil Patrick Harris voiced Peter Parker in that show. But I'm learning something new Erday. Erday. How long was that show on for? One Couldn't season. have been long. One season. One season. Uh, of 13 episodes, I think. I think it aired on MTV. It must have, right? Yeah. So, Teletoon in Canada. I'm not going to lie. Teletoon in Canada, yeah. I don't think I watched a single episode of that. No, man, I was like watching undergrads. <laughs> in Clone High. <laughs> I, I don't yeah, think I watched I, it. I, I was watching all of the above at the time. <laughs> anyway. All right. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, uh, that's a little blast from the the past. Um, Even more so than this this series. Cheers. Well, uh, the this whole episode. Well, haha. Speaking of blasts from the past, the whole episode is just one giant. The beginning of the episode is one giant, just fight right out the gate. The yeah. uh, Klingon bird of prey opens fire at um, the Axelon. Uh, Cheetor and Optimus land on the ground, boom, 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 like counter, uh, like shoot from the ground, trying to 
shoot back. Mm-hmm. Does it seem like they can even damage the the ship? The uh, the the clean vertebrae. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. Doesn't, doesn't seem like it, huh? No. They need something bigger. Yeah, the ship seems uh, way too advanced for the uh, the weaponry that they have on hand. Yeah, the Axelon is an explorer ship, right? So, yeah. Um, and they just have small munitions. So, I man, even though I just watched this, I can't remember how they how they take down Ravage's ship. Uh, so we'll inside that, the though. so inside the Axelon, uh, Rat Trap uh, loads up with some munitions and then uh, transforms into beast form. And then he, uh, I mentioned this on the last podcast, but he's all like Knievel mode in order to transform. <laughs> right. And I'm like, really? Like Knievel mode? And like, what I mentioned, he does here is pretty impressive. Yeah. So he, yeah. So he transforms into his like rat car mode and then uh, uses like the dinner table and some debris and a hole in the top of the axelon as like a yeah. ramp to like launch himself up. And he lands, he transforms. The the opening that Optimus usually takes, right? Yeah, yeah. And he transforms midair and lands on the Klingon Bird of Prey and pulls out like a blowtorch and starts like cutting into it. Yeah. How do you time that? Yeah, he says some rat trap like quip like, this rat is going cat hunting. Yeah. Landed on the ship. Pretty amazing. And like he's, he's literally got yeah, Knievel mode. He's literally he literally has like an energon torch. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, well, force turns on the, the auto guns online, and I'm like, Rhinox, you're like sixty seconds late on that, bro. Yeah. The hell with auto guns, like just manual control, like the auto guns can... suck. Yeah. Rhinox, take control and just start sh- uh, shooting at shit. Like, yeah. come on. What else are you doing? Um, I'm at the scene. I'm not sure how, how far ahead I am here. Where uh, Cheetor actually shoots Quick Strike off of um, Rampage. He's riding Rampage because Rampage is in his tank mode. Yeah. And Rampage, he falls in front of him, and Rampage doesn't give a fuck, and he just runs, just over, runs Quick right Strike. over him. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I it just got give- past that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's just a problem it seems he's got like very heavy firepower yes i mean he is for all intent like i've mentioned this previously on the show but like he's basically jason Voorhees. yeah he can't be killed yeah he can't be he's killed he's dangerous yeah he's slow he's, he's massive he's like uh, he's massive. He's not invincible, but like basically immortal. Like you can't really destroy him. Like, like you can sure killer. You yeah, can yeah. Immobilize him for a, a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank God he can't fly. What a fucking huge pain in the butt he would be if he could actually fly. But I he menacingly he would... tanks around. I think he would basically just rule planet Energon at that point. Yeah, if he could fly. Uh, I've wondered why he just hasn't like like shot Megatron. 
Do you, do you know what I mean? Just like shoot him, and then he drops the little torture energon's like device that he has a spark in. Yeah, just shoot him. The spark vice. Yeah. At at worst, you you hurt yourself and because you shoot at your own spark, but right. then Megatron's taken out. He has to sleep sometime. Damn it. <laughs> that that's true. We've seen him sleeping. Oh, well, I guess we, he's tried that before. Yeah, yeah. He. I was just about to say, like, we've seen uh, Rampage uh, try to take out Megatron while he was like, I don't know, shooting up heroin or something. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, like an IV. Yeah. Ah. Uh, technical difficulties. But yes, where are we Here. now? Damn it, do your job. <laughs> uh Rattrap cuts a hole in the uh the, the Klingon bird of prey and then goes to beast mode back to beast mode and then uh starts like chewing on some circuitry or something. <laughs> hey, a rat's gonna do what a rat's gonna do, right? Yeah, I think there's a there's a back and forth in different scenes, but I, it's Cheetor and Optimus like doing maximal maneuvers, getting shot, hiding behind rocks, getting shot. Yeah. Why yeah, they... won't you die? Yeah, they they both get taken out at one point, and uh, uh, inside the Axelon, Rhinox gets told by Sentinel that uh, shield failure is imminent, and Rhinox is like, "Well, I've had enough of this bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> I love this. <laughs> like Rhinox just slowly running out of fucks to give. Yeah. And it it's that's his that's his character arc of like season one and season two and maybe into the future. Is yeah. like he's gone from like this peaceful Zen like like meditative like monk. Right. Just to like slamming more beers and kicking ass and taking names. Like yeah. what is he's been grabbing people by the throat? Like I don't have time for your shit. Like just he's middle age is hitting him hard. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I've um to be like I I was neither here nor there on Rhinox when I was a kid watching this show. I think now he's actually one of my favorite characters. Okay. When I'm a, when I was a younger, my cousins and my siblings and I, Cheetor's the shit, right? Like he's the coolest. Yeah. And and, and Rhinox is just kind of like boring. I and he on this time watching it through, he's he's one of my favorites. Yeah, for sure. And I appreciate Cheetor, but in different ways. I, I appreciate right. the ways Cheetor grows, not the way that Cheetor is just like headstrong and. And yeah, and as I've uh, as I've mentioned before as well, like I I like Optimus a lot more watching this show now as an adult. I I always thought that he had no personality. Yeah, watching it now, it's a lot more subtle, right? It's like Superman or Goku or whatever, like the the static hero that doesn't change, which is what I thought he was. But watching it through now, you could see. 
that he does act a lot differently because he is in a leadership position. But you see little points where his personality like starts to come through. Right. Like his sense of humor, um, his lack of patience. Like he he willing like he um it's a struggle for him to always do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like I think he sighs more times <laughs> than any other character than all the other characters combined. Like I, I've noticed that now. I don't know if you've noticed that like what was it? It was um I started on the side a little side project making a Beast Wars like drinking game. And he does okay. it often <laughs> enough that every time Optimus this the, sighs... This is the first we're, we're, we're hearing of this, folks. Yeah, yeah uh, one of them is every time Optimus Primal sighs, <laughs> you have to take a drink. And now that I'm mindful of it, since like it was, it's kind of been in my head, like on the side, like a little sticky note I have here. Yeah. Ever since I became aware of that, it's actually quite, <laughs> quite a lot. Wow. Um, every scene where Megatron says, yes, but also has to say, no, <laughs> like you can't, you can't just drink from one of those, right? You'll, you'll end up plastered in 10 minutes, but in a single right. scene, if he, for every yes, no combo, you have to take a drink. That's up there too. Yes. Every time, no. um, yeah, every time, uh. Uh, Dinobot like looks up into the sky. <laughs> it's a good one. Even when he's inside, <laughs> even when he's inside, he'll like stop and like look up. Sometimes it's a work in progress. I, I feel like Dinobot w- is the original uh, Velociraptor. We we need to get some Dinobot Velociraptor. We we need to re- yeah we need to remake the Velociraptor meme, but with images oh, of dinobot with the Velocir- with the the beast mode of yeah of just uh, like dinobot. dinobot being like he could do it there are oh. times when he uses his talon and like <laughs> like does that so i'll have yeah. to comb through and look for for them i bet yeah. you it wouldn't take long yeah still shots of dinobot so yeah like you said rhinox pretty fucking cool now that i'm watching as an adult yeah like he shoulders so much burden too. He's like the scientist, uh, engineer. What is he? A little bit of everything. He's the best they got. Damn it! Like sometimes he's in a leadership position. Sometimes he's in a badass shoot everybody position. Yeah. Sometimes he's in a blow waspinator into a thousand pieces position. <laughs> So the maximal shields are down. Uh, yeah, and uh, Rhinox has had enough of this shit and uh, takes the elevator platform down and uh, gets out his gats and starts firing at Rampage. Yeah, and I'm like, you're not going to win this one, dude. <laughs> like, his guns are cool, but he's got to be, like, 15 feet away from you. Rampage has, like... Uh, a much broader, more explosive arsenal. Right. Also, it seems like he's constantly repairing himself because there are scenes in this 
episode as well as others where he's taken out and then he shows up like three minutes later. Wait, Rampage Just, or Rhinox? Uh, Rampage. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they tango a little bit and there's an exchange between uh, Ravage and Tarantulas who is apparently on Ravage's ship. Yeah. Helping him. And he cackles to himself before pressing a comically large button. This is so weird, man. Even yeah, though it's like, go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, because Rampage it like radios tarantulas and is like, oh, all power to weapons. And uh-huh. So apparently, tarantulas is in engineering on the Klingon bird of prey. I guess. Yeah, someone has to be. Reroute yeah. all power to weapons. But the funny thing is, it's not an energy divert, weapon. Divert all auxiliary power from, uh... Di- divert all power from, uh... Auxiliary power... Uh, auxiliary power banks to the deflector dish. <laughs> there That'll you go. That'll solve any problem. Every okay, time. Okay, so, that, like... That is a thing in Star Trek, especially Next Generation. Like, need to fix any problem, just divert all power to the deflector dish. And have like Data or Geordi explain some like nonsense about how they can modify it, and it will create a blah blah. <laughs> Used both offensively or defensively in different situations. Yeah. yeah. So we we might be able to if we're able to draw power, auxiliary power from the warp core, and divert it into the deflector dish. Oh, they do we that. Can, we can modify the deflector dish using a blah, 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 blah to create a blah, blah wave that might be able to eliminate the blah, blah and give us enough time to escape. Well, why else would you have a deflector disc? <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's what's happening here. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing is, though, I don't know why they're diverting all power to weapons, because the top of the ship opens up and a giant Acme rocket like a like a Wile E. Coyote rocket right. bigger than the ship <laughs> comes out like of the top. Normally when you drop missiles or you, you fire missiles, they're underneath. Yeah. So you know it doesn't malfunction and blow up your own ship. Also Rat Trap just spent like two minutes like welding <laughs> his way inside of the ship, and then the top just opens, which I kind I find kind of. Also, missiles generally launch from the like the underside of aircraft because of gravity. Just because you're drop, it's easier to drop them. Yeah, it needs more energy if you launch it from the top because it means it, ne- it means it needs to clear the aircraft first. It, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There, if you can find any aircraft ever designed that has missiles that come out of the top of it, I would be like very surprised. I would buy you a twelve-pack of Tim Hortons. <laughs> Does so, no? Yeah, listeners, uh, email uh, if you know of any type of aircraft that launches missiles from the top. Send us an email, too much energon at outlook.com, or tweet at us. That's real. At, on Twitter. You can just draw something on a napkin. <laughs> <laughs> on a Tim Hortons napkin. 
It's uh, so yeah. yeah. So uh, it's its own like little rockets. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Rat Trap drops into engineering to interrupt Tarantulas and like throws some bombs at him, and they stick to Tarantulas's hands, and Tarantulas is like, ah, yeah. oh no. He throws the the sticky bombs onto Tarantulas's hands. It's really cool, though. This is like some Mission Impossible shit. Yeah. Yeah, Rat Trap's even like hanging down. Yeah, he's like hanging down by one one hand. Got some presents here for you, Bug Face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's like sticky, sticky bombs that blow tarantulas up and ravage gets out of his seat i thought he was like playing like the the uh transformers movie on vhs (laughs) but no he's he's piloting wait so why did he why did he turn into a cassette at the end of last episode other than just because it's cool i don't think there was a reason yeah i don't think there was a reason yeah just homage maybe like Maybe it reminds him of the good old days where he could transform into cassette and just sit in Soundwave's chest. And you know what? Like, sit in, in Soundwave's chest with other friends. Yeah. Right? Like, like, with, with his homies? That's his happy place, you know? That's, that's yeah. where he feels safe in the world. Yeah, because it was Ravage, Rumble, Frenzy, uh, Laserbeak, and Ratbat. Ratbat? Yep. I always forget that one. You could be making that up. <laughs> I wouldn't know. No, uh, Ratbat was one of his later ones from like uh, season three of the original Transformers cartoon. Uh, okay. Yeah. So Ravage's bird of prey is blowing up. And as the whole thing is like going up in an explosion, instead of like. You know, I don't know, like hitting an eject button or shooting his way out of like the the glass, the front of the ship. His eyes just glow red. And he like raises his fist and says, Decepticons forever! And And, dies. And fucking dies. (laughs) And just after that really intense moment, we're met with like frames later, like seconds later, we see a scene with Rat Trap literally riding like the Planet Buster missile. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm surprised he doesn't have a cowboy hat. Yeah. The missile off of the ship. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And Poor the, uh... Ravage. Ravage didn't deserve that. Uh, didn't he though? Uh, I, I mean, mean con- considering how much like the the previous two episodes have built him up, I will say it is kind of an unceremonious death. That's what I meant. Not that he didn't deserve it. It's that like wouldn't it have been more interesting if there was a a quick showdown between Ravage and Rat Trap because they're both right. smaller. Transformers, like some sort of like skirmish or, or something. I would have liked to have seen Ravage on the Ark. 
that would have been pretty cool. And then, considering considering he would have been there originally, like that would have been fucking weird. Like yeah, conceivably, like he is in cassette mode in Soundwave's chest on the Ark right now. Yeah, in in stasis. Yeah, that would have been interesting. I'm surprised also, they didn't they didn't go there. Then um, Megatron the. Megatron the second <laughs> Beast Wars Megatron and Savage yeah. then would have had conflicting motivations as he realizes yeah. what um no they would have had the same motivations it just it just seems like they both should have made it to the arc like you said but maybe there's some conflict and Megatron turns on Savage on Ravage <laughs> On on Randy Savage, Sergeant Savage, <laughs> and his screaming eagles. Yeah, so rip in peace, Ravage. Uh, but the ship doesn't just blow up into smithereens. No. Uh, when we when we get there later on, I do I I do have some things to say about uh, Megatron's plan, which I'm not saying it's bad. <laughs> But I will say it it's does been... <laughs> have it does have an impact on his personal forces. His possible existence even. Uh, Maybe. It's like some Bill and Ted bullshit. Like, but like if I didn't exist, how could I have come back into the future and done this at all? Right, like it, because we'll we'll get into the the time paradox bullshit. Like I haven't seen the next season at all. Like this is all like wacky and crazy, wild territory for me. I'm actually really stoked. So who is left of, of the Predacon forces at this point? We got Waspinator somewhere. Right now. So Waspinator, Waspinator is, a, is in pieces, but he is he's a technically tr- alive. Yes, he is a uh, tried and true Predacon. Yes. The rest of Megatron's forces at this point are Inferno, Maximal Protoform. He's going to get dead. taken out. He's going to get taken dead. out in the time store, the upcoming oh, I, time I, I see. Yeah. So, like, if there are Quake no Maximals. Strike, also a Maximal Protoform. He's going to get taken out in the time storm. Yes. Who else does Megatron have at this point? Ram... Also a maximal. I mean, he's evil. Before Max, yeah. But but he is a maximal, technically. Tarantula? <laughs> Who just got blown up in the Klingon oh, vertebrae. Right. Yeah, he's in. <laughs> so Megatron uh, has no forces. But I mean, I guess. He doesn't like... need them, damn it. Well, yeah, I guess, like, if he is, like, completely erasing the Maximals from existence, then it's like, well, I have this ship to myself. Cheers. (laughs) It's, you hit weird, I'm so stoked to see. I've longed for the day where I didn't need to live with roommates anymore. No. (laughs) Dinobots, I... Is it just he would, him? He would have no forces. We'll talk about the time paradox stuff in a bit, but yeah, the, it's just him. Yeah. 
Hmm. There's a really weird scene. You know when like somebody sees a tree falling over and they go, "Oh my god!" and they <laughs> and the tree's falling over this way. And so they run in a straight line, oh, hoping yeah. to outrun the length <laughs> that the item's going to fall instead of just to going the to the side. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what this is like uh, with Rampage. He sees the ship coming towards him, and he's like, how fast could it be moving? I can outrun that. Oh, never! you know how he said, I'm surprised he's not like, has his cowboy hat, and he's not yelling, yeehaw. Rampage is sorry. Um, Rat Trap is whipping his tail around, yelling "Yeehaw!" on the missile. Mm. Wow. Yep, that's what he's doing. That's his tail, right? Yeah. I didn't know he could take his tail off. Did you? Uh, I knew it was one of the toy or one of the weapons on the toy, but. Uh yeah, so uh Yeah, so so Rampage runs away from the uh the Klingon bird of prey as it's like crashed into the ground and is like heading toward him and uh he gets into this little like mini like ravine type thing. It's like a little yeah, space where he's between. running out of space. Yeah, yeah. Um and uh, the ship stops, and Rampage kind of laughs, like, sat, like in a very satis- self-satisfied manner. He just managed to get away. Cheers. Except the uh, the missile, the aforementioned missile, fires and blows him to kingdom come. Surely killing him. Yeah. It also blows uh, Rattrap away, and Rattrap is then caught by Rhinox. And Rattrap like kisses Rhinox and is like my hero. Yeah, comical moment. Yeah, the explosion is apparently brighter than the sun for a moment. That's how serious that missile was. Yeah, I'm just really impressed with Rattrap right now. Like he single-handedly, completely saved the day. Yeah, he uh, he he stopped the uh, the enemy threat. So I take everything bad I ever said about Rat Trap back. At least most things. Cheers. <laughs> he may be a stinking, garbage-eating, omnivorous pestilence, but he was my friend. <laughs> the whole omnivorous pestilence thing will never cease <laughs> being amusing to me. Uh, Great line. He eats vegetables. How dare he? <laughs> oh yeah, maybe, maybe two Predacons. That is, th- that's like really like disgusting or unheard of. Well, and Dinobot turns into a Velociraptor, which were like, as we know, or, or as far as we know, we're like total carnivores. So to him eating vegetables, being an omnivore is just like, ugh. Yeah, based on their, like, fossil records, they're, like, teeth. They were they're carnivores. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, um, 
So yeah, the the Klingon bird of prey has been destroyed. The the Maximals are all standing there, and uh, we see Megatron fly off, and Optimus, Optimus like, literally points. <laughs> he's like, hey, yeah, and Optimus is like, well, something turned that Decepticon against us, and Megatron isn't heading back to base. Flight we've gotta, mode. We've got to stop him. And he turns into uh, uh surfer gorilla. And uh, Cheetor yeah, transforms. Flight mode. Yeah. Cheetor goes into thing. flight mode as well. And Rattrap gets on. And This is so weird. And then uh, Optimus says to Rhinox, he's like, Rhinox, get on. And Rhinox like weirdly like points at the edge of his surfboard and is like, Huh? Like almost like uh, really? You, you serious? <laughs> and I mean, like up to this point, we've only ever seen Optimus ride Rhinox. Yeah, <laughs> I guess Transmetal uh, Optimus's um, like rocket board can can support uh, can support. Um, the weight of like a the, like four thousand pound. Yeah, so it can support like two normal size three, if they're small, like three normal Maximals or Rhinox, which is impressive. Yep. yep. It's really funny seeing Rhinox like almost like riding the front handlebars on a bike. Yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> I was trying uh, to figure out what the what that reminded me of. <laughs> meanwhile, um, Rat Trap is riding Cheetor like a motorcycle. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's awkward, but the only way to get all of the Maximals from point A to point B in this part of the the episode. Yeah, and yeah, I mean it makes sense. Oh, I completely forgot. Oh, and uh, about, um, Silver Bolt. So Optimus is like, gotta move fast, Maximals. If Megatron... He, he does this, like, like cryptic bullshit that I was complaining about on the last podcast. Like, oh, if Megatron's found what I think he's found. Dude, you have, like, a 20-minute flight? Like, just tell them. Yeah. Why? If they're going to know what you're talking about... Like, I understand him wanting to preserve the space-time continuum... But if they're literally going to where, maybe he wanted to confirm where Megatron was going. Right. First. It's the but only thing I can think of. We still, at this point, don't know exactly how Optimus even knows that the that the Ark is what's in that mountain, though, that they're going to. Lucky guess? <laughs> That's How do a good you point. That? <laughs> that, uh, that that's a good point. And spoiler alert: this episode doesn't explain it. How Optimus knows? How could he possibly know? Uh, maybe he had a hunch. Like he knows he's on Earth, right? Yeah. And Optimus is like a leader. Well, he's Optimus Primal. Um, so maybe he he knows that he's privy to that um, 
information that the Ark was on Earth for 4 million years. And maybe that's not common information. You would think it would be in uh, Cybertron history, though. Fair. Because Black Arachnia knows. Yeah. And she was, uh, like, a few times on the show, it's shown that she's a historian. She's like, remember when she explained to Rhino, sorry, uh, Scorpionok and Waspinator and the gang um, who Starscream was? Right. That made, because she's like, oh, duh, it's blah, 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 the history of Cybertron. So it, it led me to believe that she had memories of her maximal life and that she was some sort of historian, maybe, or maybe. just old enough to not be dumb. Like, I always got the impression that Pterosaur and Scorponok were never very old. Do you know what I mean? Like, Dino or maybe they like were just 40. Or, <laughs> or they're, they're probably just dumb. Like, I got the impression, like, Scorponok was like 35, Pterosaur was like 25, right? Like, um, uh, Black Arachnias, like 35, 40, but like a lot smarter <laughs> than Scorponok. Uh, right. uh, Waspinator's like 20. Like, Cheetor is <laughs> like the 18 year old, like, intern. Yeah. But, like you said, maybe it's not about age. It's, it's about being dumb. Yep. Yeah. And, like, even in that, uh, very episode, like, uh, Starscream tries to bullshit them, being like, oh, I died defending Galvatron against the giant Transformer Unicron. And later on, Black Arachnia oh. is like, yeah, you're full of shit. You got destroyed by Galvatron after you betrayed him. Yeah. Yeah, so she was very aware of... He knows her shit. ...of that history, yeah. 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 So maybe she's special. And that's probably why she knew what was going on here. Or do you think she only knew what was going on here with the Ark because she downloaded the data from the di golden disk? What do you, I think it's or a little bit of both. The disc, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's because she uh, took the info, like she took the information from uh, Megatron's computer. I think is why she knows right. all of this, right? Which yeah. is how Megatron knows, and Optimus Primal knows because magic. <laughs> a, we when we cut to Silverbolt and Black Arachnia, they have like a touching moment where they're like gazing up at the stars, and and Black Arachnia is actually acting. Uh, effeminate and i'm like oh that's nice and he's like see that like star twinkling in the the night sky that's actually venus it reminds me of you so before i get into his quote which is which is there back and forth which is actually funny i got something to point out about that you so he is aware of the astronaut the um the um the um the star like he he's able to identify venus right which means he has some yeah. some knowledge of astronomy and earth constellations keep in mind the constellations would be different on cybertron but what the fuck do i know right um also they would be different four million years ago they'd be different four million years ago and yes maybe venus always is a certain color and always comes out a certain time of the year or every certain number of years. And right. he, he, 
by this time they already know they're on Earth, so fair enough. But it makes me wonder why like Rhinox and the other Maximals couldn't have checked um astronomical records like star charts lining up star charts that's a big sci-fi thing right and being like well wait a second we're not sure what year we're on but we must be close to earth because like you said four million years is a long time and the the, um constellations would be different but motherfucker knows it's venus so I have watched Stargate, okay, uh, Stargate many, many times, okay. So uh, <laughs> I know that uh, that uh, the star charts change over millions of years, and you need to uh, adjust for uh, what did they call it, stellar drift or something like that. As um all of the star systems um rotate around the center of the galaxy, yeah, the the stars move and realign. Yeah, of course they do. Yeah. Um, so what I wanted to point out about this scene and what Silverbolt says about uh, uh, Venus. Venus reminding him of Black Arachnia. Black Arachnia is voiced by an actress named Venus Terzo. Oh, okay. So that's not by accident. No. Oh, that's funny. Okay. <laughs> and he, he goes down and he's like, it reminds me of you. The voice actress's name is Venus? Is Venus, yes. <laughs> so it's not that um, Silverbolt is an astronomer. It's that they just threw that in there for her. The, it can't be an accident. It's not. No, no. nothing is an accident. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not It's not a coincidence. Like, there's no way. After Silverbolt's like, that's Venus. It reminds me of you. Um, Black Arachne is like, oh, Hot, poisonous, and deadly. I'm like, yeah, I like it. I've seen pictures of the the lady that voices her. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we don't we don't judge people by their physical appearance. We judge them by how hot the metallic characters they voice are. <laughs> Hey, all I was saying is that she may indeed, she appears like she may indeed have been hot, poisonous, and deadly. (laughs) It could still be. It's in the text. (laughs) It's canon. (laughs) It's canon. Am I wrong? Maybe, but probably not. Uh, It's nighttime. One thing I've always liked about the show is the progression of time. Right. Like when yeah, it's, you've like, commented dawn. about that many times before. Yeah, yeah, when it's dawn at the beginning of the episode, it'll go into the evening and overnight, etc. Good job. Yep. Which is a good contrast to Reboot, where it's like always like blue mic- microchip, like sunny. And yeah, yet, like, it shows Bob's yeah, sleeping. Yeah, like the, the sky is always like blue and cloudy with like a like hint of a circuit board pattern. But in episode one, it shows Bob sleeping. Maybe well, that's the, just so that they can like rest or recharge. The in reboot, the day night cycle seems to be more determined by what's going on in the system as opposed to progression of time. 
Oh, you mean like it's night when the game a GameCube falls? Yeah, stuff like that. Or like when there's something wrong in the system, like it it when there's the something wrong can... in the heart of mainframe. It's something rotten in the heart of mainframe. Uh, the sky tends to go dark. But like when everything's kind of fine and hunky dory, it's always daytime. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, the lighting does change a lot in that show. Yeah. So they the Maximals have that conversation. And you, he's, you were talking about Cryptic before. Uh, Cheetor, they're all flying, chasing Megatron. And Cheetor is like, uh, where is he heading, Big Boss? And Optimus Primal is like, to the beginning of everything, Cheetor. And quite possibly, the end. And I'm like, bruh, please fucking tell them. <laughs> <laughs> like, give them some info going into this. It's kind of important. But I, I understand from a dramatic standpoint, they don't want to tell the viewer. Yeah. Because boy, was I fucking surprised. Oh, so was I, watching this in 1998. Uh, watching this yeah. in 1998 when I was 13. Like, holy shit, my mind was fucking blown. Any, any, if any listeners are unaware, um, I'm like, I caught it here or there when I watched it in the 90s. And I'm like going into this like completely unawares. So I don't know if anyone listening is also going into it like semi-new or whatever, but like it's it's weird being excited for and not knowing. Mm. Like not, I haven't gotten any spoilers. Like I got a Beast Machines spoiler from a comic book nerd, but whatever. Um, it's interesting going into this and then going into beast machines um like as if it's like brand new yes i've been very careful for the past few months to avoid anything yeah you've been good at it (laughs) i i've i've gone like complete like radio silent basically (laughs) uh it's it's interesting because i have a couple people i know irl who are also revisiting them or never really watched them all through who are also watching episode listening to us watching an episode listening to us and cool they're they're getting into it too so it's cool where are we on the episode here oh um date uh, Black night Ar- with silver bolton black arachnia yeah black arachnia and silver bolt have uh Yep. I like and, that uh, Silverbolt, they, they finally get in, they explode their way in, there's some banter, and Silverbolt looks up at it and he's like, what is it? By the Matrix. <laughs> By the code. <laughs> By the code. And he's like, what They're is it? And I'm like, How, is this not common knowledge in Cybertron or is Silverbolt like 18? Like how does how does he not know what this is? Uh well I mean he was a protoform and it didn't seem like he really had any memories. Oh right, there was some fucky business and they were yeah. short circuiting and they woke up not really knowing what was going on. And they yeah. named themselves. Ye- yeah. yeah, right, right. I mean, they all named themselves, but Yeah, you're right. There was Basically, almost every uh, stasis pod has something go wrong with it. 
And then when it doesn't... Except Inferno. Well, Tarantulas... The re- Tarantulas probably fucked something up when he was trying to rewrite him, but I think it's funnier just imagining that Inferno was just nuts, even as a Maximal. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> He's just wacky. L- literally the one and only stasis pod that has landed on the planet so far without Perfectly. any incident... And out comes just this, like, insane madman. (laughs) I blame... I blame Tarantulas. Yeah. Because he, like, tried to switch the programming chip, like, last second. Like, seconds Mm. before it was, like, done compiling its, like, logic circuits or some bullshit. Right. But, yeah, here we are as... Historian Black Arachnia introduces Silverbolt to the Ark. Yep. And that Bowser Boy, as she calls him, <laughs> is yeah, what's up with the that? Ark. She puts Bowser Boy. Out. I re I rewinded it. I was like, what did she call him? Did she call him Bowser Boy? And I, I rewinded it. And I they I think that's what she calls him. And and I don't I don't know why. <laughs> Is he Bowser-like? No. I, I don't know. Bow as in like bow wow wow because he's a dog. Yippee yo, <laughs> yippee Bow wow wow, yippee yo, yippee <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, let's go with that. And it was 1998. Okay, that was still kind of that was <laughs> a still fairly recent song at that point. As I when I was younger, I thought the romance parts of the show were corny. I love it in this as an adult. I love Silverbolt and Black Arachnia. I'll just say it. I, I still find it corny. Not going to lie. I find but, it uh, corny, but I love it. <laughs> I like it more than I liked it when I was 13. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. So first thing I notice is they, as Silverbolt uh, sweeps Black Arachnia up in his arms and like soars over to the door is it's huge. They're like six, seven, eight feet tall, maybe, and the door is like thirty feet yep. tall. Uh yeah, that I'm is only noticing now. <laughs> that is worth pointing worth pointing out because up until this point we had no real sense of scale between the Maximals and Predacons and the Autobots and Decepticons. And we're about to get that even more explicitly defined. Oh, but, very much so. But the door is a good good hint. Yeah. And it makes sense because, like, the Autobots and Decepticons turned into things like jets and trucks and cars and whatnot. Not animals. Whereas, like, the Maximals and Predacons big, turn big into trucks. animals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turn into animals. So when they're in robot form, it makes sense. Animals that are to scale... To with, scale, yeah. To scale with uh, actual to animals. Some extent. Uh, For the most part, I mean, like. Megatron's a small T Rex. And Tarantulas and Black Arachnia are giant, uh, and Inferno are giant yeah, so ass bugs. Give or take the approximate mass of a chunky human. Yeah. But like Optimus and Rhinox and Cheetor, and like they're roughly to scale. 
yeah with and the, the things that the are smaller that the things as, that yeah. are smaller end up being a lot bigger like rat trap scorpionock yeah yeah um but yeah anyway so it, it makes sense that uh the Maximals and Predacons in their robot form would probably be anywhere from like maybe six to nine feet tall. Yeah, let's let's go with that. Yeah, so I guess like even uh, robots like Rattrap, Rattrap's probably even shorter than that. But yeah, so yeah, because him and Ravage are small, small guys. Yeah. Yeah, and um, we 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 talked about that last episode. So Black uh, Silverbolt's like, oh, I thought it was just a legend. So we were just Christopher and I were just talking about this, uh, humming and hawing. It's such a long time ago for them that they don't even really know if like the Ark on Earth was even like a thing. It's like apparently a myth or a legend. Which is weird because, like, it's been established in the show to this point that the Maximals and Predacons are from Cybertron's future 300 years from now. So it's like... Yes. Oh, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, we, like... (laughs) Think about, like, history, like, Earth history, like, 300 years ago, like... We have like a pretty firm understanding of like things that were going on in the world 300 like oh, in the 1700s. Yeah, we we have proof that certain people were real. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah, it's not myth. Yeah. <laughs> Napoleon, I thought he was just a myth. There's this weird thing. I think it's kind of like uh, the mocking like historical villains where Napoleon the Catherine the Great, I thought she was Catherine the Fake. <laughs> They're probably people that thought the universe was created like 50 years ago. Just for them. Um there the speaking of Napoleon, one thing that I always found funny was that Napoleon was actually like average height for the era he was in. But like right. he's always depicted as being like really um short mm. and people say oh blah 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 napoleon syndrome as a derogatory term for like men who are like insecure but like bossy or something right. um and i'm like well napoleon was like a not didn't do great things but um was a military like genius so it's weird that it napoleon like- syndrome wasn't he like five six or something like he that? He was five six. Yeah. And the average was like five five or five six at the time for men. Yeah. So uh, somehow that got associ- associated with like being like really short and uh, insecure. Unless you were a Viking. Uh, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> the, only the only the strong survived up there. <laughs> There's Darwinism, like kept kept hitting them with everything it got for those those vikings yeah so in back to the show black arachnia says it's no legend jojo and i'm like is that a jojo reference i i've never understood that and the the closed captions i'm watching she says 
Jojo, J, like capital J, lowercase O, capital J, lowercase O. And I'm like, is this is this a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure reference? I'm looking it up. I, w- I wonder if anybody's been able to find out what that means. You noticed that too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I am on the Transformers wiki right now. What? Uh, nope, there is nothing about JoJo in the references or trivia section. Oh, wait. Oh, no, here we go. Black Arachne refers to Silverbolt as JoJo, possibly in reference to JoJo the dog-faced boy. was a famous Russian sideshow performer who was brought to the United States of America in 1884 by P.T. Barnum. Jojo the dog-faced boy. Yeah, he had like an abnormality where he grew long hair all over his face. He basically looked like a Okay, that's what it is. He looks like a, he's a classy motherfucker, though. I mean, everybody yeah, he, was classy as fuck back then, but... Yeah, he was quite well-dressed. Good for him. Wow, t- today I learned. <laughs> today today I learned. <laughs> it was a JoJo reference. It just wasn't the one I thought it was. Well, so she is a historian. She watched Earth. She She knows Earth history. Uh, also, apparently, uh, and I, I can't believe I didn't pick up on this, but Rattrap riding the missile, yelling out like a cowboy, was a homage to Doctor Strangelove. When, yeah, with the that's yeah, what was, I, I, I was, I can't ahead. believe I, I can't believe I didn't clue into that because I've seen that movie. <laughs> it's like, and this is kind of a hot take, but like one of the only Stanley Kubrick films that I actually really like. I, I think it's hilarious. But it when is. I was talking about, I'm surprised Rat Trap didn't have a cowboy hat. And he was yelling like, Yeehaw! Right, right. I was right. referencing I should right. have been I should have I, been obvious about I, that. I I can't believe I didn't pick up on it. Yeah, I was I was referencing um <laughs> Yeah and Dr. Yeah, now, yeah, now that you say that, like I'm I'm just like der der <laughs> Doctor uh, Strange Love or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. What was the the Doctor Strange Love or Colon How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb? Yes. I was surprisingly close for not Googling it. Yeah. But yeah, all I remember from the movie is the the doctor <laughs> and like stopping his arm from like <laughs> saluting and uh the the like cowboy riding the the nuke scene. Yeah, I should rewatch it. Speaking of scenes, uh, we get a flash little flashback sequence as Black Arachnia is explaining the history of the Ark to Silverbolt. 
And I find it funny. She's like, your ancestors, the Autobots. And I'm like, you're a maximal protoform, lady. We just spent like a whole episode of Silverbolt <laughs> reminding you that you were actually right? a maximal. <laughs> like, it's like, they're technically, like, even if you aren't aligned with the maximals, like, you, like, they're tech, the Autobots are your ancestors, too. It's like, it's like, even if I don't like, I don't know. She makes it a point. She's like, your ancestors. Yeah. As if she wants to disassociate herself from Maximals. Yeah, it's like, it, like, a, a whole bunch of my lineage comes from the, uh, the UK. And, like, even if I don't, like, necessarily agree with the notion of, like, the British monarchy in modern society, that, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be like, oh, those aren't my ancestors. No, no. I identify as... Uh, I identify as Eastern European, even if my genetics... <laughs> even if my ancestors aren't from there. <laughs> uh I'll, I'll I'll lean into the the Norwegian part of my lineage. Yeah, emphasize that. Which is what I do anyway. So, wasn't there like a like a Caucasian woman that like identified as African American or something like that in the South? Yeah, it was like a big she stink she a few years yeah, ago. Yeah. yeah, this was back in like 2016, I think. Um, she ident well, she was masquerading as an African American woman, and then she got found out masquerading. Like she was like, pretend she was pretending to be African American, but she wasn't. No, she wasn't. But she she had like fairly dark skin. Okay. Just naturally, but she wasn't African American. But she Hitting was pretending the meds a lot. Okay. Okay. Yeah, basically. Uh, but she was uh, pretending to be African American and was like, apparently, was like doing. And listeners, like, I'm sorry if I'm getting this wrong. This is like completely off the top of my head. Um, I think she was doing like some, like a lot of like community work and stuff like that in. In the city that she lived in in African American communities, but it got found out that she was just straight up white. <laughs> and after that, uh, after that got found out, she started trying to identify as transracial. That's the, the... yeah, which uh, just pissed off even more people. <laughs> yeah. And Man, her, what a time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, and her her argument was basically that uh, she yeah, identifies. Yeah, as she, a she, race. she identifies as African American. All of the privileges and <laughs> and none of the setbacks. Yeah, that is a. Uh, I will leave it at that because there is a, a whole can of worms. There, that's a can but... of worms, and like it reminds me of a South Park episode. And a lot of people um, poke fun of the episode, the episode on South Park where uh, Kyle's dad like identifies as a dolphin. And a lot of people are like, "Oh, this is insulting to trans people, etc." But right. the episode, uh, I, I've noticed it 
<laughs> a lot of South Park is actually fairly progressive by pointing out the flaws in the people that make things like problematic or bad. Mm. Right? Like at the if you actually watch the episode, at the end of the episode, like Kyle's dad realizes he's a moron. Right. <laughs> right. And so it's one of those things where it probably wasn't to do with that, where it was probably topical at the time. Like if you go back and watch old South Park, like from a few years ago now, you're like, what? Randy has like a pot farm? Wow, I've I've fallen behind. So I wonder if it was commentary on that lady or not. Who Could knows? Be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh in her in Black Arachnia's history lesson in the episode. Um, yeah, and she is definitely a historian now. She's got flashbacks and everything. We get to see like G one nebulous. It doesn't show their faces, right? But we get to see like all the Autobots uh, on the Ark. Oh, I recognize some of these Autobots. Like we we see Optimus Prime, we see Ratchet. So yeah, so during this flash flashback, we see the Autobot Ark launch. And it cuts to the, the bridge of the arc. And we see Optimus Prime, G1 Optimus Prime. We see Ratchet. We see Prowl. And another character whose name I can't remember, but he has, he has a very similar body mold to Prowl. Yeah, he does. Um, is it? I think it no. might be Mirage or Mirage. Mirage. I think it might be yeah, Mirage. Something like. Yeah. Oh, it can't be Cup because he's got like the green, yeah, helmet. Well, yeah, and uh, Cup wasn't introduced until Transformers the movie. Yeah, that makes sense. The thing with Transformers... I've only watched a few, uh, a few episodes of G1, like five the, or six. The thing with Transformers the movie is it introduces a whole ton of new characters, but makes it seem like they're characters that have always been there. It does a good job. It, and it does a great job of that. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, most of the characters in that film are new. Compared it to seems the, like, the G one cartoons, but they, like but they, they, the greater universe, but but they feel like they've just kind of always been there. Yeah. So, listeners, before we jump back into the the episode of Beast Wars, Christopher told me like, hey, before we watch the agenda, go and check out just, uh, just the first three episodes of G one. It's on Tubi, T U B I dot TV, just um, like Beast Wars, and just like Beast Wars. And just watch like the first three. Uh, what are they called again? The first uh, more than meets the eye parts. More than meets the eye. And it's really just part. You don't need to watch them to get the gist of it through this episode, right? It's kind of self-explanatory, but it is interesting because of how weird it is. And we'll we'll talk more about that at the end of the episode. But um, it was a good idea to watch those before this to get some sort of reference. It was a good idea. The mountain they crashed into was hollow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the 
the Autobot Ark is being uh, attacked by a Decepticon ship, the the Nemesis, which actually wasn't known as the Nemesis in G1. Uh, it ends up being named, and this is a mild spoiler, so I apologize. I this didn't really click before I started this, but like the the Decepticon ship here ends up being named in this series as the Nemesis. And oh, in that, Beast Wars? In Beast Wars. And then that ended up becoming, like, retroactively a thing, like, to the point that even in the 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 war, the war current, uh, at the time of this recording, the current War for Cybertron cartoon on Netflix refers to the, the Decepticon ship as the Nemesis. Oh, okay. So it was actually, actually Beast Wars that named that ship. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. As far as I know, I could be wrong about that, but I don't think I am. It for all I know, it could have been like a like like the the nineteen eighties like Marvel Comics run of the Transformers. When I was um when I was a young boy, um my father did not take me into the city. <laughs> I thought that Beast Wars was kind of like separate in a bubble, mm-hmm. right? So it doesn't interact or change anything in the Transformers verse. But boy, oh boy, am I seeing that that is not the case at all. Now that I'm watching these. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I've already said, like, uh, as someone who grew up really liking G1, uh, and then as soon as I discovered Beast Wars, like, as I've mentioned before, like on the day it originally aired, um, when we get to this point and Beast Wars starts like directly connecting to G1, like it blew my fucking mind. And like I, actually, I can imagine. And these scenes here, like actually seeing like CGI version, like of the the arc and like characters like Optimus Prime, uh, Ratchet, and Prowl, I was like, my mind was blown. <laughs> Yeah, that must have been like crazy being a a Transformers fan and watching this as it came out. I mean, yep. I love it now. <laughs> yeah, what year like, did the tra- go ahead? No, uh, no, no. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was I was going to say, well, what year did um the Transformers wake up in canon? Eighty four. 80, oh, never mind. Black Arachnia says right here. So the volcano explodes in 1984, and that's when the uh, Decepticons and Autobots woke up. Yeah. When basically Mount St. Helens explodes. <laughs> is that your? Is that what it's supposed to be? It, it that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, it it has a slight. I can't remember what it is. It has a slightly different name. It's Mount Saint something, but it's basically supposed to be Mount Saint Helens. Right. Um, when was the big cataclysmic eruption? Sometime well, in the eighties, right? Well, I think Mount St. Helens actually exploded in 78. 78 or 79. Oh, okay. 
I just Googled it. Apparently, it exploded again in 2008. But I mean, its last eruption was in 2008, but might have been to a lesser a, a lesser eruption, right? Mm. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, it was smoking like cray. Oh, weird. Mount St. Helens has like a big volcanic like crater. But now it's like, because it's active, right? Still active. It's like right. growing another smaller volcano in the crater. Interesting. Look at that. Motherfucking National Geographic on too much energy <laughs> here. So I just would like to point out first Michael Bay Transformers film comes out in 2007, 2008, a year later, Mount St. Helens explodes again. Coincidence? I think so. <laughs> but maybe not. So it's Michael Bay's fault. Yeah, it's Michael Bay's fault. I, I say that as my default like answer for like 80% of life's problems. That it's Michael <laughs> Bay's fault. Yeah. So apparently well, the arc... <laughs> well, I've run out of gas and my car won't start. It's Michael Bay's fault. Michael Bay? Gas wouldn't be so expensive if it wasn't for all of his explosions. <laughs> Uh, so Silverbolt tries to open the door or he gets like knocked into the arc and it's still powered electrocutes yep. him because Megatron's there he's the one that shot Silverbolt into the door and uh, boys oh man there is a scene at like 12 minutes and one second where like Black Arachnia is like and like making this like derpy frown face when she sees Megatron. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's that's I see it. That's appropriate. <laughs> and after he uh, I guess he had just like arm lasered uh Silverbolt, he like blows his gun, like kind of like blowing smoke from a please dick laser. His dick laser. Um <laughs> as if <laughs> he's blowing smoke from his dick dick laser and he gives black arachnia this cheesy fucking grin before he shoots and explodes and uh destroys the tunnel that the black arachnia and silverbolt spent all day digging through yeah and the uh outside the uh the maximals show up and uh rat traps like so uh what do we do and Optimus is like, dig. And I'm like, you guys could just shoot your way in. That's what I was wondering. Because, like, that's literally how Silverbolt and Black Arachnia got in. They moved like, a lot of the rubble, but the last few pieces, he he took one he just, of his, like, wing grenades and exploded it open. And Black Arachnia said something like, boys and their explosives. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering, it's like, time is of the essence. Maybe shoot your way in? What are you afraid of, like, awakening the already active volcano? Or I guess it's dormant at this point, right? No, there's lava inside. Well, what do I know? I'm, I'm not a volcano scientist. I'm not a volcanologist. 
I I've I've only watched Dante's Peak <laughs> at least a dozen times. Cheers. <laughs> we were talking about South Park. I think Stan's dad is like a seismologist or or something like that. A seismologist, yeah. Or a geologist or something like that. A generic geologist. Not that they're generic, but I I think he's got just like his bachelor's degree in I took a geology class in university. Basically, no. So did I. <laughs> basically, no. All there is to know about the Earth. Intro to geology. I basically am an expert now. I know how to read those complicated pressure lines on weather maps. <laughs> my favorite takeaway from my intro to geology class was that I learned the uh, break point between two rocks is called cleavage. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, that uh, like honestly, that that course cost me like four hundred bucks back in like two thousand nine, and that is like my biggest takeaway from the entire class. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> I liked geology. That I liked it too. Um, I had a really shitty teacher. But uh, uh, I liked the uh, uh, I I I liked the 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 text and the 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 studyings and all of that. But yeah, shitty teacher. He um he was late for class like almost every day, and it was a pretty big class, and he was clearly uncomfortable speaking in front of a group. Hmm. So his lectures were always really awkward. And like whenever people would ask questions, he would only kind of answer them, but not really. He would like give half answers. He would give half answers to the point where he would be like, blah, 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 blah. And people would be like, wait, but what about blah? And he would be like, uh, y y y next question. <laughs> like he was that kind of teacher. Like it was, he was he was terrible. And I ended up actually failing that class. It's like the only university class that I've ever actually failed. Well, it's the only university class I've ever actually failed, where I did all of the assignments and showed up to every class. Oh, bizarre. Yeah, Just had it out for you. Well, basically, what happened was he he gave me half marks on almost every assignment because he didn't feel that I was giving elaborate enough of explanations for everything. And I'm like, hmm. and I'm like, I basically just like, and on one assignment, I'm like, I literally like wrote down everything you said and just paraphrase from that. I don't know what you want from me. Sounds like bullshit. Yeah. And then on the, the final exam, he did the exact same thing. It was like 50 questions and each was worth like two marks. And he gave me half marks on every single question, except for the last one, which he failed me on because he was like, this is wrong. And I'm like, again, 
this is like the the last question was about something that you spoke about in one of your first lectures and I recorded your lecture and gave my answer based on things you said. Sounds like he just kind of hated you. Yeah, probably. Uh, they were like tired, old, like tenured, like professors that just kind of wanted to re- finally reach their pension. Yeah. When I was in school, like you were, le- they were just like, oh, oh, see, oh, look how stupid these kids are. Jeez, you think they so, that somebody would teach them to be less stupid? B. Oh you wow, that looks kind of good. A. A minus, and just kind of like you could tell, just were showing up for their paycheck, which is a shame. But I mean, I can I can understand. I was how like only it could be at at this time though. Like this guy was only like in his early forties, maybe, and he'd been doing it for twenty years. Twenty years, damn it. We need to switch to a uh, like a Greek society where like everybody has to be in the military for a set amount of years. Then everybody has to be in politics for a s- no politics come later in life. Then everybody has to like take like uh, a position in office for a number of years, dabble in like teaching, etc. And then when you like hit forty, you become teacher for ten years. And when you hit fifty, you could be a politician for ten years. <laughs> like the ancient Greeks, like where there's just this system where everybody has to do try a little bit of everything. Isn't that how uh, Israel is nowadays? It I could be completely wrong, but is it that that'd be weird? But I mean, I know that they do have uh, mandatory military service. I mean, a lot of countries do. Yeah, uh, I think it's the same as Korea. It's like two years, might be four. I think it's two. That's probably what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Megatron shows up uh, just out of nowhere behind uh, Black Arachnia and Silverbolt, and uh, he like shoots his dick laser and yeah. fl- flies over to the to the Ark and uh, goes to like touch this like what looks like kind of a green crystal, like a little control panel. Some sort of, like, access panel. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So he touches it, and it, like, does... Yeah, it zaps him, and it does this, like, uh, like, like, ripple through water effect. Like, there's some sort of energy... There's some physical energy shield around it. Yeah. And Megatron's like, Ah, I see Teletron 1 is still active. And... Teletron One, the uh, the computer from the uh, from the Ark. This is the first time we've they don't heard make it. Named. Like they used to, apparently. Nope. And uh, I'll uh, I'll get into that a little bit later. Oh, oh okay. And, uh, I think uh, he sh- he sh- like shakes Black Arachne and he's like smacking her around. And he's like, Tell- "Give me the codes." <laughs> Where, is like, Where is she? Where is she? Swear to me! You'll have to break your one rule. (laughs) 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 And um, (laughs) what's happening? Yeah, right here. You downloaded. Who did you you leave her with? 
that wasn't one of my men. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> this just became a Dark Knight <laughs> podcast again. again. Uh, but, bas- <laughs> but basically, he, he slaps and chokes Black Arachne around. She's like, oh, harder, daddy. And he's like, okay, you're pissing me off. And she's like, I don't give a shit. And then he realizes he can't threaten her. So he threatens Silverbolt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he throws she, her on she, the ground. Because she has the access codes uh, for Teletron 1 to get into the arc because uh, she stole it from Megatron's computer like back at the beginning of the season. Makes me wonder why Megatron didn't download the contents of the Golden Disk onto his into his noggin like Black Arachnia did. Yeah. You'd think that would be something he would do. Maybe he I can't didn't have do enough that. hard drive space. <laughs> maybe he can't. Maybe she could only do that because of the like mind fuck shit that happened with Tarantulas. Maybe. There's some some weird hmm. Yeah, yeah, there was some weird mind fuckery going on. I'm not really basing that on anything. It's just like kind of baseless speculation, but I'm yeah. like plot yeah. reasons. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. there's no reason that Megatron I would have had to delete <laughs> the entire season the entire G1 series off my hard drive. You expected me to do that? There's no Wi-Fi on planet Energon. <laughs> I have every episode of Ally McBeal in <laughs> HD. And it is 1998, and HD MP4 files are at least four gigabytes each. Cheers. <laughs> and I only you... have a I only have a 250 gigabyte hard drive, which was massive in the late 90s. That was massive even in like the late 2000s. Yeah, I was gonna say like the like. Unheard of NASA territory of storage. I remember buying a MacBook for school back in 2007 that came with an 80 gig hard drive. Yeah. Like my PS4 was. Uh, They were 500 out of the box. Was the, the, the original? Yeah. Yes. And those came out, what, a decade ago? 2013. A little less than a decade, yeah. Eight years ago now. Remember when uh, Xbox 360s launched with a detachable 20 gig hard drive? Oh. (laughs) Right, because it had no storage space in the arcade version. Is that what they were called? Uh, Um, the, The original one was called the Xbox 360 Core model. Oh, okay. And it just came with a memory card. Wow, memory cards. Yeah. I, I can't believe that system sold. <laughs> the, specifically the 360. I mean, like, the PS3 had its problems. Um, and it had its giant enemy crabs. And being 599 US dollars. But, oh well, man. Then, what a well, rough generation. Xbox just attacked Sony's weak point for massive damage. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. I, you could buy an adapter that let you play HD DVDs. Yes, you could. I have owned that drive. 
in the Remember, past. did you? I think you did. Did you work at Blockbuster when we had Blu-rays and HD DVDs like starting to go up on the wall for yep. rent? Yep. And the the Blu-rays had blue cassettes, and the HD DVDs had like a like a, they were a wine, red. like a, a red. reddish dark red. Yeah. Yeah, it was like maroon. It was like trans yeah. translucent yeah. maroon. Yeah. And I remember like standing there being like, I wonder if either or both of these is going to be anywhere in 10 years. Placing well, your we bets. Still, well, we still got Blu-rays. Yeah. Rip in peace, HD DVD. We, we hardly knew you. Speaking of hardly knowing anyone, uh, Megatron threatens to shoot Silverbolt. And she's like, I don't care. Um, he was just a fuck buddy. Uh, I could get into the like kind of technical nitty gritty of it because I actually did a lot of research about this uh, for a school project back in the day. But HD DVD was such a vastly inferior format yeah. in many yeah. ways. I to, how did to that even come about? Go ahead. To quick to to quickly summarize. So Blu-ray discs were 25 gigs and used a new uh uh video codec compression method called VC1. Yeah. Um that uh had recently been developed. If I ironically enough, it was a codec that was developed by Microsoft. Um, HD DVDs were only 15 gigs, but most of them, most of them out of the, mo like most of them, like even right at launch were dual layer. So they, they were 30 gigs, but mm. the movies were encoded at, in uh MPEG two format, which is standard, the standard like video codec for regular DVDs. So basically what they did was they used the exact same video codec for the actual like video file that they used for plain old DVDs. They just upped the bit rate. Oh. Whereas with Blu-rays, bigger discs, new video codec that offers much higher quality video with better compression rates at a lower bit rate. Uh, now that you're saying all of these stats, like my knowledge of that subject is like nostalgia bombing for me. Cause <laughs> I used to explain that to people when I worked at Blockbuster. Yeah. yeah. You, you probably did. Yeah. Well, for a while. And then eventually I was just like, I got sick of people's eyes just like glazing over. <laughs> I'd just be like, Blu-ray, Blu Blu-ray, pretty picture, HD, HD DVD, less pretty. And people go, oh, and they like go over and. <laughs> and then they would grab an at, they would grab like a hammer from the ground and swing and be like, yeah. <laughs> and like smack it right into an HD DVD. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what they're good for <laughs> We got to recreate that. Do you have any HD DVDs? I will be right back very quickly. Oh. Christopher's running off to uh to go siege something. He I 
let's guess what movie he's going to bring back. I'm going to say Transformers. Yeah, that was out at the time. Oh, so hey, Christopher. It's even on brand, too. So uh, for the audio listeners, I am holding up an HD DVD copy of the Michael Bay's 2007 Transformers film. And uh, for Cal, I'm going to turn this around. Do you recognize that label, good sir? Yeah, I do. <laughs> this is a this ca- this copy that I'm holding in my hand came from Blockbuster. <laughs> when you oh, there we go, Blockbuster. There and... you go. Yeah. So the video listeners. Two disc high def. Yeah. Sixteenth of March two thousand eight. <laughs> so when you disappeared, I... okay, listeners, let's bet on what movie he's going to bring back. And I quickly thought of the movies that had come out around the time. Right. And I was like, oh, he's coming back with Transformers. <laughs> and then sure sure enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't think of what else you could have possibly be coming back. Can you even watch that? 300. <laughs> 300, 300, maybe. Yeah. Can you even watch that? No. I don't have an <laughs> HD DVD player anymore. It's, it belongs in a museum. <laughs> no, yeah, no, at this point, I, like, I just have it as a collectible, basically. Yeah. Uh, down at, um, what is it, uh, Epic Games and more. Uh, this is local talk. Um, but a uh, local video game store, they they actually have a bunch of, like, bot- or last time I was in there, which was probably like six months ago at this point, but they had like a few like boxed copies of uh, uh, the 360 HD DVD drives. And I've thought about like maybe buying it because they're only like 30 bucks or something like that. Oh, I need to bring them my Xbox 360 and controllers. Because I just, I stopped playing it. They will give you $5. (laughs) Give me five dollars and sell it for fifty. Actually, more than that. More than they that, they yeah. they give you like hardly anything on old consoles, but they still sell them for like a hundred and fifty bucks. Can't be as bad as EB Games. Uh, for anyone listening, it's uh, that's GameStop in Canada. Yeah, GameStop is like, oh, Call of Duty from last year. We can give you uh, two dollars and eighty cents credit for it. And you like turn around and they're on the the wall for like you know like twenty four ninety nine used and I'm like this is a racket you guys realize right yeah uh, I poached a customer one time I was like there and um somebody came up with like the first Assassin's Creed years and years after it came out. Right. And I was in EB Games and she was there with his dad and she was bringing, there was this like teenage girl bringing in like a bunch of games and they're like, oh, well, we can give you like a dollar for this. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, a dollar. And I'm like, I will give you. And I like turned over, like it was literally six feet away, looked quickly, looked for it, pulled it out. And it was like $13.99. I was like, I will give you. $10 for that. And she's like, 
oh, okay. And like the the neckbeard that like worked at the store was like, um, you you can't exchange blah 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 like inside of like the the store. And I was gonna she, ask, did they throw you out for that? Because I've actually seen them do that to people before. They, they, yeah, they did. And I was like, yeah. I don't give a fuck. And like. The dad stayed inside and like traded the rest in, and she came out and I gave her like ten bucks and nice. <laughs> gra- grabbed it from her. <laughs> Cut out the middleman. The most egregious like EB Games bullshit, uh, listeners. Like I love this episode, I swear, but we're just we do we off. do we're 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 going off on tangents. Um, the most egregious like. EB games like trade-in value shit that I've ever encountered was back in 2008 when Silent Hill Homecoming first came out. I bought the game, like I pre-ordered it, and I actually got the Silent Hill movie on DVD as a pre-order bonus, which was kind of cool. Um, but but yeah, so I, I, I pre-ordered it, got it at launch, I played through it like three times over the course of like two weeks, and then went and tried to trade it in. They offered me six dollars. And you bought it for fifty nine ninety nine. Fifty nine ninety nine, like two weeks earlier, and I was before like, tax, you, "Yeah." I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And their and used the, copies were probably forty nine ninety nine. They were, yeah. <laughs> I'm so familiar with their fucking beat their BS system that I can like just guess the prices on. Things. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, and I said uh, like the person who was working there, which like to be fair, like they're just drones basically like yeah um i was like really six dollars this game came out like two weeks ago and he was like oh well i'm sorry that's what the that's what the system says and i'm like okay but like the fuck man yeah like that's why i go like i i just use like facebook like game swap now uh yeah i swap new games with other new games or somebody will be like hey i have on the ps4 like uh, i don't know like the spider-man game someone else will be like oh i've got god of war like they'll they'll just swap games like that because gamestop is like atrocious yeah i i uh for the most part for the most part, I basically just use a uh, a, a local uh, classified, like local classified app. Yeah, it's called it's called Virage Sale. It's not going to mean anything to anybody listening to this podcast because it's a local uh, Victoria, BC thing. But oh, I'll have to check it out. But yes, yeah, Virage us... Sale, sweet app. I've been using it for a few years now. Never heard of it till now. But yeah, let's. Uh... Jump, it's like gar- quit complaining about the the man, like garage <laughs> sale, but with a V. With a V. Well, anyways, we're we're done complaining about uh those games, the GameStop stonks. Uh, yeah. And, so uh, so Megatron is like threatening to kill Silverbolt, and the Maximals are like starting to bust through the rocks. Yeah, <laughs> lifting rocks. They're starting to get through the uh the get into the cave and uh. Black Arachnia is all like to Megatron, like, uh, oh, uh, the Maximals are coming through. Uh, you, you, you'd better get out of here. Yeah, uh, yeah, and like the only way to get to cover is to go inside the the Ark. So I guess I'll open it. 
Yeah. That has nothing to do with Silverbolt. Oh, but but get away from him. Don't don't shoot him. We we just yeah. don't have time to kill him. Meanwhile, he's like literally like his head is hovering over a lava pool. <laughs> like he could just kick him into it. Yeah. And yeah, obviously it's... Megatron doesn't doesn't give like sees through this, but he plays along. Yeah, so Megatron is about to kill Silverbolt and then uh Black Arachnia like gives in and she's like, Okay, I'll open the ship, but just because we need to get to cover anyway. Yeah. And then she like smacks him and is like, Now stand aside. And she accesses she's like computer, access codes blah 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 for Teletron one or the arc or something. And she like literally like like the matrix, like ze- green zeros and ones flood and this, where yeah. her eyes are. And, and she, this is like, before the matrix. It. This yeah, is before the matrix came out. Yeah. Yeah, well the the green binary, the zeros and ones flooding down, right? Yeah. And um and um it's supposed to represent like the those monitors where oh what is it dos or i know nothing about computers people <laughs> um but yeah like the green green text right and she's the, shooting uh, the mono the the old monochrome? monochromatic monochromatic were those the monitors? ones that were like green and, and yeah. black yeah yeah and she's like beaming because she like shoots light out of her eyes straight to it and that like crystal access panel like glows green and uh the rippling shield goes away and megatron has access to the arc thanks black arachnia and uh the doors open and they walk in and the the maximals get into the cave and optimus is all like by primus no that's a good time to Yell by Primus, no. Yeah. And Cheetor's like, whoa, it's the Ark. But he, like, just found out what the Ark is. <laughs> well, he well, thought maybe it was he learned it. Maybe he learned about it in school. Yeah. And there's a single gun that comes out of the Ark. Yeah, and it starts and... firing at them, and then we 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 cut to inside, uh, cut back to inside of the the arc, and uh, Black Arachnia is like her doing her like eye laser like control thing, and uh, presumably controlling the the turret. Yeah. Um, and Megatron says, "Keep them busy," and she's like, uh, "Oh, where are you going?" And he's like, "I have a more permanent solution." And, uh, and at this point, I'm like, Black Arachnia, stop helping him. <laughs> <laughs> right? And back outside... Like, wait the... for him to turn his back and then stop stop shooting at them. Back outside the uh, the Ark, the, the Maximals are... Uh, uh, basically, Optimus Being is dramatic. like... We... Yeah, yeah, Optimus is like, we, we've got to get Megatron out of there. The, the whole future <laughs> depends on it. And, Everything uh, that ever was and will be depends on. Yeah, so they they make their way toward they transform and they make their way toward the arc and get closer and open fire and uh, we see that they're 
their uh, munitions are causing like the same like kind of ripple effect and not that we saw earlier and not actually causing any damage and rat trap is like this ship wasn't built it was poured and optimus is like die cast construction and then he looks at the camera and he's and he's like it's a lost art so i liked that a lot the g1 transformers toys were made like a lot of them especially the like in particular the optimus prime toy was made with die cast metal <laughs> and plastic but by this point in the mid 90s like toys were made of, with, toys weren't made with die cast metal anymore just be the other kind than of like, toy you could throw at your brother and poke <laughs> his eye out <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I like how optimus like even just straight up looks at the camera and and is and is like it's a lost art. Specifically, Optimus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, back inside the the Ark, uh, Megatron fucking monologues. We get a actually a pretty. This is crazy. It, we we get a pretty great uh, sequence through the through the Ark, and uh, yeah, Megatron gives a monologue. Uh, do you want to take it away? Oh, yeah, sure. So a door opens and he goes deeper into it. Keep it. Oh, this is this is crazy. And this is on the levels of Dinobot. <laughs> He's like, now I enter these hollowed halls. A conqueror. Yes. <laughs> and um, he activates his little hover like jets in the back as he slowly enters the bridge of the arc. Yeah. So like Decepticons and Autobots are strewn around. Like we even mid, see a mid combat. We even see a close up on the face of Starscream. On Starscream, um is that Soundwave? In the uh yeah, side? Megatron Megatron flies over Soundwave. Which as I mentioned earlier, like I would have liked to have actually seen Ravage in the arc. Like Yeah, be Wild. And it's it's such a weird scene because they're huge. Yeah. Much bigger. Like he's the size of their arm. Like they are a lot bigger, not just a little bit. Yeah. And he, he even observes Autobots and Decepticons still frozen in emergency stasis. As the camera zooms in on a couple of them, awaiting the moment four million years hence. And it's it's eerie because like this this is fucking like with time and stuff. Yeah. Right? Like it I oh man, I couldn't even imagine watching this in the nineties. <laughs> what if I would have flipped out. The ultimate and, risk for the ultimate prize. When they all awaken to start the great war. A day of reckoning with those who made us slaves. Megatron's speech in this in this scene, like top notch. It is. So yeah, what is what does he say there? Yeah, there's Soundwave. Yeah, yeah. the Autobots were defeat. 
uh, where the Autobots defeat the Decepticons. Thus, their descendants, the Maximals, end up ruling the Predacons. So I feel like that's a weird move, right? Like this is like some World War One, World War Two shit. You can't defeat an uprising, right? And then rule the losers with an iron fist because that creates disparity again and breeds like hate and uh like revolution well as we're about to find out his whole goal here is to just like straight up completely erase the autobots and maximals from existence i like that he says archaic energon guzzlers yeah (laughs) right and i mean like look how big they are bro and uh that's actually something that we'll uh we'll we'll get into more in uh beast machines where they talk about the the great upgrade oh okay okay so i'll save my there we go we we say i saved my breath a little because I was I was going to ask about that. So yeah, so uh, I I can't remember the details because uh, it's been like I watched through Beast Machines once back in like 2007. But uh, uh, Beast Machines does explain why the Maximals and Predacons are way smaller. Huh. Unwilling though I was to follow my namesake's instructions, all come down to this. And like you said, the ultimate risk for the ultimate prize. A day of reckoning. His voice, like the the these voice lines delivered, are so badass. I can't even impersonate them to do it justice. The day of reckoning for those who made us slaves. He says it with such spite. Such good voice acting here. Yeah, and it shows. Well, and I mentioned uh, last episode too that I think like that whole that whole speech with Optimus and Silverbolt at the beginning of part two was probably the best voice acting from Gary Chalk. It was pretty in this good. Show. I think this, like that little monologue there, is probably the best voice acting from David K as Megatron. Yes, I. Yeah, it's. Like, it's it's pretty great. I'll rewatch just this scene. That's how much I, I like it. They they've definitely like upped their game. They they did. And oh man, it, we move from that scene back outside of the arc, and Black Arachne is still shooting at the the Maximals with that one turret. Yeah. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Woman, please. Like, she's not even really opposed to the Maximals. She was just doing it because Megatron told her to, but she doesn't listen to Megatron. I understand it's for dramatic effect and to give the Maximals something to overcome. Right. But it it doesn't make sense that once he left the room, she continued. You'd think she'd run, open the door, and go, you guys need to to stop him. Yeah, I like Optimus Primal's like brilliant strategizing. After they all like explode and like fly across the cave, he's like, "Focus your shots on that, um, on that auto cannon." I'm like, "No shit, man! You weren't doing that before. <laughs> all of them were doing that." 
Um, yeah, so Rat Trap takes out the cannon, and that causes some like some like blowback Feedback. that uh, yeah that uh, takes out Black Arachnia and. Optimus is like Optimus Primal is like let's move. Doesn't even make sense how they shot the turret. All they did was shoot the turret better. <laughs> so like the source of conflict was a turret in that scene, and all they did was just keep shooting at it. Anyways, I'll let the, man this this scene where I I I don't know it, oh, man this is crazy. Like when the camera like pans to to Megatron inside, and he's like, "So we are now face to face, Optimus Prime." Yeah. And indeed, in the um, uh, what's the term? Uh, the commander chair, um, captain's chair, um, like it, it offline, like a like a stasis locked uh, Optimus Prime is there. And Megatron's whole body, we get to see for the first time, he's right up to Optimus Prime's face. Megatron yeah. is the size of his head. Yeah. Like, actually the size of his head. Like, they are tiny compared to the Decepticons and Autobots. Which makes sense why Ravage was the same size as um, as the Beast Wars characters. Yeah, because he turned into a uh, cassette tape to to fit into Soundwave's chest. Yeah. In one future, you awaken and become the great leader of the Autobots. But time shall take shall take a different track now. I I love this. He like flies back and goes, "Computer, all available power to primary weapon." <laughs> yeah, he. That was a th- that was an option. Yeah, he uh, charges up the dick laser. He holds it in front At, of his he, waist. He, by the way, he sure fucking does. We're not there know. yet. <laughs> I knew you would notice that. We're so not there for yet, listeners. But, for the listeners, yeah, for, for the listeners, he charges yeah. up his slinky arm cannon. Christopher calls it his dick cannon. His flaccid dick cannon. His dick and laser. It goes, and it goes turgid. Because when he fires it, it, it goes, yeah, let's use the word turgid. And he charges it up, and then he holds it with his other arm. And at the camera angle, makes it look like... It's he coming has from his crotch. Purple. And it's glowing. <laughs> like he's wearing a glow-in-the-dark condom. And it's actually, like, swaying around <laughs> in one shot. Yeah, and the shot after Rat Trap hi- yeah. uh, breaks yeah. into the arc. So you roll your eyes at me calling it the dick laser, but they're fucking yeah, leaning just, into it here. I didn't even know. I've watched this episode three times. I just noticed that he's holding <laughs> it between his legs. I know it's the camera angle and he's just aiming it down, but... Uh, and the fact that it's like swaying around, like... Oh, God. They end up getting in by shooting the lock and Rhinox like strong manning the doors. Yeah. Some Star Trek shit. So Rhinox is basically he is like waving it around. Rhinox Sorry. is basically like Worf here. Like there are so many episodes of Next Generation where Worf is like trying to like <laughs> He's the Klingon. Like, manually he's just... op- open 
<laughs> open a, a door that's like stuck. And yeah, oh, you're back... right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there are so many episodes of Next Generation where Worf does that. Um, and yeah, so we're we're back at uh, Megatron, like waving his dick, the, waving the his dick in, until uh, you pointed it out in, in Optimus Prime's face. <laughs> Now Optimus Prime in memory he holds it up. <laughs> yeah. Now Optimus Prime, time to be cock slapped. Yes. He holds it up in the air. It's like, it's like it's laying around. In the memory of the Decepticons. In the glory of the of the Predacons for the Cybertron that is rightfully ours. And this is and- kinda sad. And mine to rule. Yes. We get to zoom yeah. in on Optimus Prime's face. And I'm like, man, don't do him like that. Bro. But I mean, Mega Megatron's oh, I, not a good guy. <laughs> I almost want to make this the show art for the episode. <laughs> His face? Oh, do uh, you mean or do you mean Megatron? <laughs> like, Mega, Megatron haven't like Swaying his dick in front of him. His dick laser in front of what him. What better shot is there? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna take a screenshot right now. This is, uh, this is, this is happening. <laughs> and uh, there's a... Some kind of, like, temporal vortex starts happening. I couldn't have worded that better. A, a gigantic temporal light tornado that comes out of the volcano into space. Yeah. Yeah, and it's spreading from like the into planet. Space. Like it spreads from like the the mountain. Like oh, it's above covering the planet. Like... like right into the solar system. Like, Whoa! And then it is... the planet blows its load, and it shoots like a time wave. Oh yeah. So this is uh this is causing some shit. And then the whole uh, starts planet pulling, disappears. Starts pulling the fucking asteroid belt and Mars toward it. What? Yeah. No, that's the camera zooming out. What? Is it? Yeah, because the ca- the camera's oh. zooming oh. out. I think maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's pulling. <laughs> Mars in. Uh, listeners, is the camera zooming out really far past the asteroid belt and Mars, or is it sucking it all in? I mean, Why I not? don't know. I think it's oh. both. I think it's both. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, and Optimus starts screaming, and it's all like, time itself is all being destroyed. And I'm like... All of the Maximals are screaming. Yeah. They're oh. like kind of they're like kind of going like transparent and they're glitching. Optimi- yeah, Optimus is like shifting wildly between like his various forms, including pre-transmetal yeah. Optimus. Oh, in protoform Optimus. Briefly. Yeah, and, uh Gorilla Man Optimus. <laughs> Gorilla Man. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Megatron comes out and is all like, Say goodbye to the universe, Optimus. The future has changed. Cheers. 
the Autobots will lose. Evil triumphs. And you, you no longer exist. And, uh, the screen, like, cuts to white and says to be continued, question mark. Much like the, the end of last season. What a romp. This show fucking does cliffhangers, let me tell you. Like, bravo. And I know, because I remember being a child watching these. <laughs> and just, like, having, like, my mind, like, blow out the back of my head, like, all over onto my bedroom wall. Yeah, you were, you were thrill-housed. Yeah. Man, I... My, my partner went through an era of where she stopped watching Reboot with me because she's like, eh, and stopped watching Beast Wars. The beginning of season two is rough, man. <laughs> right? But holy shit, does it end strong. Uh, but she started watching uh, the last like one third of the episodes of season two. And she was like, holy shit. And I was like, right? Same thing with um, season three of Reboot. Right. Um, they they both pick up, and they're both really good. Yeah, it's why I kind of feel like it's not even worth like doing a um, like a standalone season recap. Uh, for oh no! Because like one because like one season two is a lot shorter than season one, and uh, uh, two like basically the last five episodes like the agenda part one two and three transmutate and code a hero are like easy easily the best episodes of season two yeah i really like aftermath i know i like it more than you do but uh the rest yeah, of that not bad. the the rest of that like between all of that is kind of eh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the the alien biodome episodes were pretty good but other no, than that, that was cool the rest of it, like, weirdly, despite the show, like, being much more serialized and, like, everything, there being things in every single episode that kind of advance the overall plot forward, there's a lot of episodes in season two that kind of feel like filler. Yeah, unnecessarily. Yeah, it's like... Whereas, remember it, the it's like, Dinobot, like, traitor one? And we were like, oh, why wasn't this, like, split up? Yeah. Like, I don't care about Tarantulas' Lair episode. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I find the, the biggest problem with season two is like, like I said, like, it's much more serialized than season one. And something, like, there there's always like a B or a C plot that happens in every single episode that kind of drives the overall plot forward that feels kind of important, but the A plot is always kind of, eh. Yeah, kind of throw away when really it should be the other way around. Yes, and I feel like there were a lot of episodes that were good, but you're right; it should be the other way around. The main plot should drive the episode, and the B plot or the C plot or whatever should be in the background. Yeah, like the only important part of like the Energon base episode with the Arachnids. The only important part was about like black arachnia like breaking the link but like keeping the knowledge for like the golden disc 
yeah. which was already a given. Uh, yeah. But anyways, the agenda part three. Uh, before we give it our too much energon rating, do you have any like thoughts you want to to share? Uh. No, I will save that for the uh, for the the ratings talk. Oh, okay. So I guess we'll jump jump into our our rating. Uh, here on too much energon, we have a three point scale. It's pretty simple. Uh, it is not enough energon for episodes that sucked. <laughs> uh, sufficient amount of energon for episodes that are okay and too much energon for episodes that are great uh i will start this one by itself is a very high resounding too much energon <laughs> like i this episode by itself is great even without yeah. part one and two of the agenda yeah absolutely um i've said in the past that uh I, I've said this a few times in the past, but like, I've always felt that with a lot of the multi-part episodes of Beast Wars, like part one ends up being the superior installment and part two, like, kind of teeters off. I feel like with the Agenda trilogy, like, they're... Oh, they get better. They ramp up. And yes. like part three is easily the 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 best of the three. Gets a too and much it energon ramp for up. me. Yeah, and oh, it should ramp thing. up. Yeah, totally. Yeah, hundred percent. Like too much energon. Uh, I think this is one of the probably one of the best episodes of the shows thus it's, far. It is. They, yeah. This episode, um, when we finally finish this series, a uh, few months from now, um, this episode will undoubtedly be in my top ten. When we, uh, yeah, when we, like, like, all of them are good rate the and whole they all series. fit together. Yeah, when yeah. we rate everything, all, all of them, the agenda part one, two, and three are good, but part three tells a lot of story with not that much finish. Finish it's man, a lot happens. Like, they take out Ravage and his like starship. <laughs> um, they man, a lot of people die uh in the show. Um jeez, oh, like uh We learn the they, history of the Autobots and how them Black the history. <laughs> gives it gives the history of I feel like so my partner didn't know any like she she watched um G one with me, like the first like three, four or five episodes or something. Uh right. and she was like he, she watched um we watched Beast Wars, uh, the agenda part one, two, and three before G G one, and uh, I sorry I rewatched them with her, and she was like, oh no, I feel like Beast Wars did a good job of like catching me up and like letting me know what was going on, and it does. It's it's it does, really yeah, good yeah. as a standalone episode. Like everything's uh, the information is gracefully delivered in a way that feels natural, except for Optimus being cryptic as fuck. But that's for audience suspense, more so than just him being a douche to <laughs> the Maximals. Yeah. So I, I can forgive that. 
Yeah, it's definitely to to build suspense and tension. Uh, and he does it like throughout like all three parts of uh, these episodes. But like, still, you're like, dude, you you don't need to be cryptic. Like, just it'll be better for everyone if you just like share what you know, or at least what you suspect. Like, come on. <laughs> Tell your yeah. troops shit, damn it. Uh oh, at the very end in the in the time blast, um was it all the OG Maximals? Rat Trap, Cheetor, Rhinox, Optimus Primal. Well, Silverbolt was there too. But he was uh, already like knocked out. Like yeah, all of them yeah. screaming as they were like watching their themselves like fade out blink out of existence or whatever it's i think the original og yeah Maximals. it's the original four that crashed on planet energon that's that's kind of cool yeah i yeah. like it i like it i'm excited uh christopher siege uh any more notes about the agenda part three uh i don't think so no Okay. Uh before we um move on, um listeners and watchers, uh because this is the season two finale, uh what we're actually going to do is uh next uh episode, you'll we are actually recording um G one Transformers. Uh specifically the first three episodes. Uh, which I think they're called More Than Meets the Eye. Yeah. Parts one, two, and three. So again, uh, that's on Tubi, T-U-B-I dot TV, uh, that, we, that I just checked it, checked it out on. Open it up in a browser or the app. And yeah, we're just going to... Those are so fun. <laughs> I can't wait to do that. Like there's so many problems with them that it's just, it doesn't even matter. Like there's a samurai duel in it, <laughs> so it, it's it's wacky. I can't yes, wait. I'm, yeah, yeah. Next week on Too Much Energon, we're not talking about Beast Wars at all. As Cal mentioned, we are we are going back in time four million years to uh, <laughs> to to cover the first three parts of. Or are uh, we going back to the future? I do have a DeLorean transformer. Oh right, <laughs> I do actually. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, there there is a uh, a, a transformer named uh, Gigawatt that is a uh, it's an Autobot that transforms and straight up transforms into the uh, the uh, the Back to the Future DeLorean time machine. Yeah, specifically, Doc's Back to the Future DeLorean. Yeah, I'll if I remember, I'll have it in frame on video <laughs> on the next episode. Uh, so yeah, keep an eye out for that. Uh, Cal, where can people find us? They can find us on Facebook. Um, you can look for groups, um, or just type us in the search. Too much Energon, a Beast Wars podcast. You can also laser comb us, um, L A Z O R, and then C O M B. You can check us out on our web. Website uh, dot ca. 
commenting on and... this if you're watching the video version. on youtube at too much energon or me personally i mean i manage both accounts but play uh at, at laser cut it's got me retweeting uh christopher ap snidler <laughs> Tweets the sentence. It's not hard to. to... to find me already um, getting yeah. into to arguments with people and. The best way to promote these shows. Cheers. <laughs> That's right. I, I find, in my head, I'm picturing um, you having an argument that has nothing to do with Transformers. But, like, in the argument, you're just subtly dropping references to Lasercomb <laughs> Productions or Too Much Energon. You'll be like, oh, well, that might be your opinion on abortion, but, like, on our podcast <laughs> too much energon a beast wars podcast we specifically talk about <laughs> just uh j just imagine me arguing with uh with transphobic people on twitter but doing a megatron impression as i do it <laughs> is, is there <laughs> and is there any better mic drop <laughs> than just doing megatron impressions oh i no. think no <laughs> And since I can't win arguments over the internet, I'll just leave it at that. I will just laugh maniacally Good. and say yes, and I will feel better about myself. <laughs> Goodbye, Optimus. You, you no longer exist. <laughs> Block. Block. Uh, uh, for some reason, uh, we got I got a flashback of when Megatron specifically installed uh, um, a monitor inside of that stasis pod just so he could FaceTime Optimus Prime Primal before he died to mock him. Uh, uh, if you want to buy a T-shirt relating to this show or our other podcast, Alphanumeric, where we do this, but. Uh, us and the aforementioned AP Sniddler talk about uh, another mainframe show from the era reboot. Uh, if you want to buy merch relating to either of those shows, go to tpublic.com slash two dash much dash energon. A few people have actually done that so far, and uh, we we appreciate that. So thank you. Yeah. Also, the, sh the shirts are just cool. They are, yeah. Uh, we are running out of time here. here. We yeah. ran out of time a while ago. Yeah, it we... was sunny when we started. Uh, well, you know what they say. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's always sunny in mainframe. 
Yep. Except when a game comes. I was going to say, except when a game comes. <laughs> so yeah, uh, as we as we mentioned, we will be back next week. Uh, well, not even next week. We'll be back on the next episode of Too Much Energon to talk about uh, Transformers, More Than Meets the Eye, parts one to three. And that's going to be a blast. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, uh, me too. I've been one of your hosts, Christopher Siege. I am your other host, NeoCal. And until next time, robots in these eyes. Yeah. Re- something of robots in your eyes. Yeah. There Don't we worry, go. We'll, edit, we'll edit this out, I'm sure. <laughs> oh. Robots in the skies. Come on, get it right. Beast mode! <laughs>